I'd like to welcome you to uh, the annual general meeting of F.L. Smith and Company here at the Falconer Centre in Copenhagen. Like last year, the board has asked Mr. Klaus Sugor, attorney, uh, attorney at law, to be the chairman of the meeting. I'd like to give him the floor. Thank you, says the attorney. First, we have to make sure that the uh, meeting has been duly convened. I can refer you to uh, some of the items uh, that deal with that. Article 5 of the Articles of Association says that the meeting must be held in Copenhagen before the 1st of May. Then there must be an advertisement in a newspaper, national newspaper. The old rules say minimum eight days, maximum four weeks' notice. It was done on the 23rd of March. And legislation says that in the Danish commerce and companies system you have to register it and also the stock exchange rules have to be complied with and in addition it's on the website. Uh, there's a new companies act that took into, that came into effect on the 1st of March that will have an impact and that's why we have so many amendments to the articles association going forward. But all in all I believe that the general meeting has been duly convened if you don't agree with me, please say so now. Okay. The mute meeting has been duly convened. 1,294 shareholders have asked for admission cards, and there are also advisors and guests. So all in all, 2,000 persons have asked for an admission card. I don't know how many actually turned up, but it's actually an impressive turnout here today. In addition to those that are here, we have 3,054 who have voted in advance, which is now possible. You can send a proxy in advance. With regard to the agenda, it falls into three main points, one, two, and three. Items one, two, and three we normally have jointly, and they're presented by the chairman of the board, Mr. Vorning. And then four and five, that's elections for the board directors and as the appointment of auditor, where re-election is proposed. Item six, that's all the amendments to the Article Association. A big item this year because of the new Companies Act. Most of them are mainly technical adjustments. I'll try to take you through them rather quickly when we come to that point. But I'd like to give the floor to the chairman of the board, Mr. Jürgen Vorning. Two thousand nine was a good year for the FL Smith Group. We saw in the year under review that the business model we have developed over a number of years is robust and that we are able to manage also when business trends are low. We are able to make cost adjustments, we are able to manage our cash flows, and we are able to obtain the best result after tax in the almost 130 years of the history of this group, and all these elements bear witness to a very good year. 31.9 krona per share was the profit, so that was really good. Now, as you can understand, F.L. Smith is not a typical cyclical company. The result would have been very different if that were the case, because the international financial crisis really was severe, and both of F.L. Smith's main business areas, cement and minerals, saw a clear uh, cutback in terms of customers' desire to invest. The global economic decline was uh, clearly to be seen. Some projects were postponed, service and maintenance were cut back, customers also introduced actual production stoppages at their plants. F.L. Smith today has been converted from being a conglomerate that had aircraft maintenance and major environmental projects, for instance. We are now a focused, well-trimmed company with two fully integrated business areas coming from one basic technology and servicing both the cement and the minerals industry. F.L. Smith's primary resource is actually our graduate engineers and technicians who develop 
design, give consultancy about, install and service cement and minerals factories all over the world. We have a flexible resource base. It can be adopted and adapted on an ongoing basis to levels of activity up or down. Our project centers are in the U.S., in Denmark, and in India. India, in fact, is the biggest center, accounting for 28% of the total number of employees. In practice, 80% of all manufacture of equipment is carried out outside the group. Because of that, F.L. Smith is not burdened by heavy investments in production equipment, nor by major maintenance and depreciation costs. One of the good reasons for the good result was the high order intake that we had in 07 and 08. They resulted in an order backlog which on the 30th of September 08 reached a record high of 33.7 billion kroner. Since then, our order intake has gone down, so that the order backlog on the 31st of December 09 amounted to 21.3 billion kroner. The order intake went down up to and including the second quarter of 2009, but subsequently it has been going up quarter by quarter. The order intake in the fourth quarter of 2009 was 4.2 billion Danish kroner. First quarter of 2010, F.L. Smith has published major orders, all in all uh, amounting to 2.3 billion kroner. With the lower order intake, it has been necessary to adapt the capacity costs and internal resources to a lower level of activity. This meant we had to say goodbye to about 10% of the global number of employees. It also meant that all external recruiting was suspended. We have carried out integration of graduate engineering activities. We have technologies joined in fewer units, the so-called technology centers, and administrative functions have been merged between cement and minerals so as to ensure better utilization of resources and more flexibility. We have merged subsidiaries and offices. We have carried out branding of all our subsidiaries so that they now all appear under the F.L. Smith umbrella. The group is marketed under the heading One Source. We are the sole supplier. We can do it all. On the front page of our annual report, you can see this very clearly. Through a targeting branding effort, we ensure that we have global clout and visibility. Furthermore, we have intensified the expansion of our activities in the group's Graduate Engineering Center in India. All order-related engineering work will be carried out in India going forward. To strengthen Indian activities, it has been decided that Bjarne Molke Hansen, our Vice President, will take over responsibility also for the Indian activities as from the 1st of July 2010 and will be based in Chennai and he will continue also to have his already existing fields of responsibility. So executive management will have personal representation going forward in each of our three big project centers in the US, in Denmark and in India. Research and development activities were not affected by cost adjustments in 2009 because F.L. Smith has a clear goal. We want to maintain our technological lead over the competition. A continued high-level activity in research and development, that's a precondition if we are to maintain our competitiveness. Well, let me take you through the accounts for the financial year, 1st of January, 31st of December, 2009. I'm only going to go into detail and comment on a few specific areas. I refer you to the printed financial statements and report. 
The turnover was 23.1 billion against 25.2 billion in 08, so that was a decline of 9%. In cement, our turnover, our revenue went down by 5% to 13 billion, and in minerals, the revenue, the turnover was 9 billion, corresponding to a decline of 14%. In the fiber cement business, it's Sembrit. Our turnover went down by 11% to 1.2 billion kroner. The contribution ratio for the group went up to 23.4% for 09, an increase actually of 1.2 percentage points compared with 08, primarily as a result of better execution of orders. The profit before interest and tax, the so-called EBIT, was 2 billion 261 million kroner against 2 billion 409 million kroner in 08. This is an EBIT margin of 9.8% as against 9.5 in 08. Profit before tax, so-called EBT, was 2 billion 108 million kroner, which is marginally lower than in 08 and corresponds to an EBT margin of 9.1% uh, from 8.4% in 08. The profit after tax was 1,664,000,000 kroner against 1,515,000,000 in 08, an increase of 10%, positively influenced by uh, recognizing as income a tax asset of 230 million kroner because the National Tax Tribunal on the 30th of April 2009 found 4FL Smith in a tax case concerning a permanent place of business in the UK. Uh, the group's uh, effective tax percentage in 09 was 19% as against 31% in 08. Uh, the total sum of the balance sheet at the end of 2009 was 21.9 billion against 20.7 billion at the end of 2008. Our equity has been increased. It went up 32%. At the end of 2009, it was 6.6 .6 billion as against 5 billion at the end of 2008. So the equity ratio has now reached the goal. Uh, that we had set a minimum of 30%. Cash flows from operating activities in 2009 amounted to 2.5 billion, or from 2.3 billion in 2008, so they have developed satisfactorily because of positive operations and a focused effort to reduce our working capital. Early in the year, under review, we launched a focused effort to reduce uh, trade receivables, to optimize stocks, and to extend supplier credits. Because of that, the interest-bearing net debt that the group had at the end of 08, it was 574 million kroner, but in 09, that has been turned around. It is now actually a positive balance, interest-bearing uh, positive balance of just over 1 billion kroner. Now let us look first at cement. The market for new cement kiln capacity went down in 2009 as a result of the financial crisis. The global market for new cement capacity, excluding China, went down from 123 million annual tons in 2008 to 45 million annual tons in 2009. There were a few positive points, though. Uh, the Indian economy turned out to be sturdy and robust, and cement consumption went up by 9% as a result of the high economic growth in that country. In the longer term, the global demand for cement capacity outside China is expected to reach a level of 60 to 75 million annual tons, which is a satisfactory level for F.L. Smith and actually twice, of, of twice the average of preceding decades. The uh, demand for cement capacity is conditional upon local uh, supply and demand conditions. So there's always bound to be local demand for new cement capacity uh, independently of overall global trends. So even if we had a crisis, we did succeed in concluding contracts for new cement lines and factories in Indonesia, India, Libya, Peru and Uruguay, for instance. 
Now, these orders ensured F.L. Smith a market share in 09 of 38% of the market for new cement kiln capacity outside China. This means that the competitive situation is unchanged. F.L. Smith, in terms of capacity and revenue, is still ahead of the competition, both when it comes to the building of complete plants and within the field of services. In 2009, F.L. Smith consolidated its position as the leading supplier of cement factories and equipment for the cement industry by commissioning the world's largest cement production line at the Holcim factory at, in, at St. Genevieve in Missouri in the U.S. Various test productions have been carried out with very satisfactory results. First of January, or beginning of January this year, this was followed up uh, by an order to China's biggest cement producer, Conch. Um, they went to the Tongling cement factory in the Anhui province in eastern China. So this was about the delivery and supply of a kiln line with capacity of 12,000 tons per day. It is very important for us to maintain our technological lead, and we do that through intensive R&D and through strategic acquisitions. In 2009, F.L. Smith strengthened its technological knowledge in the packaging of cement in sacks via the acquisition of EEL, India's leading manufacturer of equipment for handling and packaging of cement. Furthermore, EEL will supplement F.L. Smith's internationally leading packaging technology in F.L. Smith Ventomatic. An integral part of cement is customer services, and here activities have turned out to be less sensitive to business trends than the market for new sales. So operation and maintenance activities, the so-called O&M contracts, saw a positive development. In 07, we concluded a contract in Egypt. The first year's production showed satisfactory results. In 2009, we concluded a similar contract in Libya, and most recently, in March this year, we concluded an operations contract for more than, more than 1 billion kroner in Angola. So we've seen positive development when we've taken on responsibility not only for building the cement factory, but also for operating it for a long period. It is expected that uh, going forward, this business area will get to uh, amount to a growing share of the group's total, total revenue. All in all, cement obtained a revenue of 13.1 billion kroner. That was a reduction in revenue of 5%, because in 08 it was 13.7 billion. The EBIT result went up by 2% to the highest level ever, 1.5 billion kroner. This is a satisfactory result, and it's resulting from a changed product mix and better order execution. The realized EBIT margin was 11.9% marginally up from the 11.1% obtained in 08. Order backlog at the end of 09 was 12.6 billion, corresponding to a decline of 32% compared with the previous year. Based on this lower order backlog at the beginning of the year, we expect revenue in cement in 2010 of 9 to 10 billion kroner and an EBIT margin of approximately 9%. Based on the increasing activity in the cement market in the second half of 2009, we expect the market for new cement kiln capacity outside China to amount to about 50 million annual tons outside China. Okay, now let's look at minerals. Minerals in 2009, just like cement, saw a marked decline in the level of activity because of the financial crisis. Mining chose to focus on ensuring they had cash flow, reducing their stocks, and reducing their costs. Investments were cut by half compared with 08. The global crisis was particularly hard on the so-called junior mining companies. They are characterized by the fact that they do not yet have mines in operation, so they are dependent on external funding. 
Generally speaking, there were largely no big projects being offered. Activities in 2009 were concentrated on service and individual uh, pieces of machinery. 37% of the total uh, order intake in 2009 was in the field of materials handling. Through a number of acquisitions, F.L. Smith has now a strong position. We are the leading supplier of materials handling systems for cement and minerals. We concluded a number of big orders, primarily in regard to the, the handling of coal and alumina. There was a lot, there's a lot of business potential there, and that was also the reason why on the 1st of Smith 09, F.L. Smith chose to strengthen its competences in materials handling furthermore by acquiring a company called Conveyor Engineering in the U.S. They design and supply and manufacture um, systems for the handling of large quantities of bulk goods in cement and minerals. The demand for new equipment for mining is based on the global demand and price of minerals. The growth in purchasing power and in the number of global consumers are actually the primary drivers in regard to demand and pricing. So particularly the growing middle class in developing countries and urbanization and industrialization of China and India are the main drivers. Long-term expectations for minerals are thus unchanged when looking at the time before the financial crisis. Based on an increasing uh, level of inquiries from customers in the third and fourth quarters in 2009 and the higher minerals prices and high consumption of minerals in countries such as India and China, based on all those elements, an increase in order intake is expected in 2010 compared with 2009. Based on a lower order backlog at the beginning of 2010, we do expect to see a minor decline in turnover in 2010 to about 8, to 8 to 9 or 10 billion kroner and an EBIT margin of about 9%. These expectations must be seen in the light of the results in 2009 that led to a total revenue of 9 billion, a decline of 14% compared with a revenue of 10.4 billion in 08, an EBIT result in 09 of 798 million kroner, corresponding to an EBIT margin of 8.8%. Excluding the effect of purchase price allocations, the EBIT result was 895 million kroner and the EBIT margin was 9.9%. As in cement, Activities in customer service have turned out to be more robust than new sales. Comparing with 2008, we saw an increase in revenue of 8% in 2009. So the revenue was 2.5 billion, up from 2.3 billion in 2008. It is now 10 years ago that minerals uh, got their first maintenance contracts. They won it for the Los Pilambres mine in Chile. Since then, other maintenance contracts have been won in Chile and Mexico. We expect this business area, where F.L. Smith carries out daily maintenance of customers' minerals plants, will grow. In 2009, a number of adjustments were made in our minerals organization so as to improve prospects for this business going forward. So we're talking about standardization of products and solutions, simplifications of the organization, and efficiency enhancement. We carry out ongoing assessment of the possibilities of acquisitions to strengthen the product portfolio and technology of minerals in the processing and development of processing and extraction of minerals. F.L. Smith in 09, December 09, took over Summit Valley Equipment and Engineering in Salt Lake City in the U.S. They design and manufacture equipment and plant for the extraction of gold and silver. And now over to Semprit. The third business area of our group is the European fiber cement producer Semprit. They manufacture plates and sheets for in- and outdoor uh, cladding of facades, walls and ceilings, as well as corrugated sheets and plates and slate for roof, for roofing. 
There was a low level of building and construction in all areas in the EU and Eastern Europe, so Sembrit had a negative result. We've made adjustments of production capacity and cost levels so that at the end of the year we were adapted to a stable lower level of activity. In 2009, Sembrit had a revenue of 1.2 billion, down from 1.4 billion in 2008. The EBIT result was minus 25 million kroner, corresponding to an EBIT margin of minus 2%. Based on continued low activity in Europe in building and construction in 2010, Sembridge's goal will be to attain profitability in the business. We expect turnover in 2010 to be about 1.2 billion kroner, and we expect an EBIT margin of 2%. Looking at expectations for 2010, they're unchanged compared with the guidance we gave on the 25th of February this year. We expect the market for new cement kiln capacity outside China to amount to 50 million annual tons. We expect revenue of 19 to 20 billion, an EBIT margin of 8 to 9 percent, a tax percentage of 30 percent, and investments, excluding acquisitions, we expect to amount to about 400 million kroner. Furthermore, we expect positive development in regard to the order intake in 2010 um, compared with 2009. Long-term expectations are unchanged. Urbanization and industrialization in developing countries are expected to continue to generate an increase in demand for cement and minerals. In periods with high activity, the EBIT margin is expected to amount to 10 to 12 percent, whereas in periods with low activity, the EBIT margin is expected to be 8 or 9 percent. The most significant strategic focal points in 2010 will be to take the group safely through the aftermath of the global financial crisis and to continue ongoing enhancement of the efficiency of the organization. Continued expansion of Indian and Chinese activities have, has very high priority. It is the goal of the F.L. Smith Group at all times to have a suitable capital structure compared with underlying operating results so as to ensure that it is always possible to have adequate and necessary credit and guarantee facilities available to support a business operations. We strive to have an equity ratio of at least 30%. As a result of the positive development in cash flows, the group's net interest-bearing debt of about half a billion kroner was paid back in 2009. At the end of 2009, F.L. Smith had a positive net-bearing balance of about 1.1 billion kroner. Based on this positive development in cash flows and the capital structure in 2009, the Board of Directors is recommending for the approval of the general meeting to pay dividend 5 kroner per share for 2009, corresponding to a total percentage, payback percentage of 22%. So all in all, 7 kroner will have been paid out per share for 2009, since there was an extraordinary payment of 2 kroner per share in August 2009. It is also our policy in terms of dividend to be able to pay 7 kroner per share annually going forward. It's important for F.L. Smith to maintain a capital preparedness for the funding of future growth and to strengthen our business position through acquisition of complementary technologies and services. In 2009, we welcomed 2,400 new shareholders so that at the end of 2009, F.L. Smith had 44,800 shareholders. This means that uh, only about 2% of all our shareholders are present here today. Fortunately, the represented capital is much higher thanks to our, our bigger uh, shareholders. 44% of our shares are held by foreigners, 30% are held by individual Danes. 
the daily turnover on the stock exchange was 130 million krona in 2009 as against 202 million in 2008. Measured in terms of number of shares, however, there was an unchanged daily turnover of our shares. About half a million shares were traded per day. Now, the price of our stocks has developed positively in 2009. There has been a growth of 104%. 1st of January 2009, the price of our share was 180. 31st of December, it was 367. Since then, there has been an additional uh, positive development. 434 was the price yesterday at Nasdaq OMX, the Copenhagen Stock Exchange. That corresponds to an increase of 18% since the 1st of January this year. Finally, I'd like to thank the board and management for their constructive and positive cooperation in the year under review. And not least, I'd like to thank the 10,664 employees that we have at home and abroad. Thank you for your sterling effort under difficult conditions. Without your effort, we would never have obtained such a handsome result. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is now possible to ask questions or make comments concerning the three post items on the agenda, the review, the submission of the uh, annual report, and the proposal concerning distribution of profit, the five krona uh, dividend per share. Jens Peller Anderson from the Fonctionnaire Feining, Torbmansen from ATP have asked for the floor. They will be given the floor first. Please come up here to the rostrum um, to speak. So if you know that you'd like to say something, please come up here near the rostrum. The rostrum. Jens Pal Anderson from the Funktionär Vereinigung, the Salaried Workers Trade Union, has the floor. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to start where the chairman of the board ended his uh, report. The employees have done it again. I agree with uh, the chairman that employees have actually put in a sterling effort. So we have a good feeling and prize uh, by congratulating all of us with a, an excellent result. We can now again offer shareholders a dividend. And for the employees, 2009 was a good year for testing out the new incentive programs that the board decided to offer all employees, more than 10,000 in the group. On behalf of the employees, I'd like to thank the board for the allocation of employee shares in a good year. Of course, this new incentive scheme has passed with flying colours. And a new scheme has been decided for 2010. We are pleased with that. And I'm convinced that an incentive programme for the rank-and-file employees certainly is appreciated, particularly at, at a time when uh, things are more difficult in other areas. The world is changing more and more quickly, it would seem. All of a sudden, there's a financial crisis and it takes time to recover. If we look back um, over the last, the past few years, uh, we didn't have any real, you know, Chinese competitors. But now they are there. Now they are our biggest competitors. So we must be prepared to adapt to the new social order. Jobs change. Even the media have begun to understand that workplaces are being lost here in Denmark. Others can do it cheaper, and they do. So we must find something else, something innovative, something new to work with, and we have to continue to be good at innovation. It's less than 10 years ago the last part of that part for gears were made here in, in Valby, here in Copenhagen. Uh, there we had an iron foundry uh, on the in the outskirts of Copenhagen, one well, of the biggest, actually, in the country. And uh, the milling facilities we had there were the best. And 
what do we have there now? A big fitness center. And we have offices. What does that show us? Well, it shows us the way the development is going. It's no longer only the production of machinery that stops here in Denmark. Actually, it's also much of the engineering work, drawings and so on, that is being carried out elsewhere, particularly in India, where we have 28% of our employees. But it's under our auspices. It is still F.L. Smith that produces the drawings and documentation. The big challenge is to hold on to the F.L. Smith quality. That has become a bigger assignment in a global company, which F.L. Smith now is. The number of employees in the group, as it's written in the annual report, that's really a, a gross number where everybody's included. Everybody who works at the engineering centers, the representation offices around the world, on the building sites, at the, uh, uh, the factories, and also factories where we have O&M contracts. So it's actually a mixed group of colleagues from all over the world that we have included in that number. The number of employees has become more dynamic also because of the increasing number of O&M contracts. Because of these contracts, the number of employees can be actually influenced significantly because of many local people who are taken on to work under O&M contracts. In Denmark, it would seem, looking at the annual report, that employment is more or less stable. We are not below the level of 04 in terms of employees in Denmark, but still 09 and the beginning of 2010 have been a rather tough period for the employees in Denmark. After three rounds of dismissals, now we have 400 colleagues less in the Danish part of F.L. Smith, which, the way I see it, is still uh, the core of our business. In its 128 years, F.L. Smith in Denmark has, ha has gone through turbulence a number of times, but we've always understood how to adapt to the social order in the world that exists. I believe that we can and must continue to develop our company, RFL Smith, in Denmark to match the global order. FL Smith is now also a global player. The way I see it, we have our heart in Denmark, but we are global. I recommend to our management that they take good care of loyal employees in Denmark so that the Danish heart can continue to pump. With a reduction of more than 20% of the number of employees in Denmark, we have come down to a critical level. To compare with other engineering centers of the global uh, organization, it's not all that significant in that context, but in Denmark we must have the necessary resources uh, to remain the driver for continued success. Employees still trust that this is what the board of management are prepared to do and want to do. But it does mean that in Denmark we must also continue good initiatives for the upskilling and development of employees, as has actually been started up. Through learning and more education and training, we can live up to our customers' wishes, meaning that F.L. Smith will remain the technological leader. There's no easy way to success. We must win the battle by having the best employees. So I've been happy to see in the annual report that considerable resources are being spent on continuing the training and education of F.L. Smith employees wherever competences are strategically important, as it is written. Of course, I agree with that. The annual report talks about streamlining and optimizing the cost structure, the way it was done in 2009. And the chairman of the board said that the most significant strategic focal points in 2010 will be to continue uh, the ongoing efficiency enhancement of the organization. 
I trust that this will be done through development, upgrading and upskilling, as I just mentioned, of the employees. So I trust that there will be no major reductions in the number of employees in Denmark, the heart of the company. The driver, the committed employees, should not be too, there should not be too few of them. In the longer run, we need to have a certain strength there. Thank you very much to the chairman of the general meeting for allowing me to make these comments. Thank you for your attention. I wish you all a fruitful general meeting. Torpen Sen has asked for the floor. Thank you very much. I am Torpen Sen. I represent ATP, the Labour Market Supplementary Pension Fund. I'd like to thank the Chairman of the Board for the report. I'd like to congratulate Board of Management and employees with the handsome result for 2009. The accounts were certainly satisfactory. Despite the global economic crisis, you have maintained a strong result and a strong cash flow. So that emphasizes the strength of your business model. The flexible cost structure is working as intended. I'd also like to praise Board of Management for acting quickly to make adjustments to costs so as to counteract the lower level of activity. I'll correspond to that. <clears throat> so all in all, I believe F.L. Smith has strengthened its competitive power. Uh, the high order intake at the beginning of 2009 obviously supported activities and therefore supported the result for 2009. F.L. Smith has benefited from the high order intake in 2007 and 2008, as we heard from the chairman as in his report. So sooner or later, new orders must be won. So it's encouraging that the order intake has begun to pick up in both cement and minerals. The rationale between the purchase of GLV uh, in 07 was, among other things, that F.L. Smith is, wants to offer clients in mining a broader range of products in the value chain from materials handling to separation. FLS is now able to supply holistic solutions, unlike many competitors. Many companies are reassessing their investment strategy. I'd like to hear whether the competitive edge from your one-source strategy is still seen to be there fully. And if so, is it realistic to see big systems orders in this new year, 2010? A couple of years ago, F.L. Smith uh, put forward long-term growth and earnings perspectives. Uh, the uh, goal for profitability has been repeated in the report for 2009. You expect 10 to 12 percent margin in uh, high business trends and 8 9 uh, percent when business trends are low. But the cost base has been reduced strongly since that was set. In 2009, the number of employees went down by 10%. So my question here is whether the cost reductions made are only adaptations to the low level of activity so that costs will come back when there's more activity, or can FLS hold on to some of these uh, realized uh, savings and cutbacks so that you have changed, actually, the condition for the long-term perspectives. I'd like to congratulate you once again for the handsome uh, result for 2009. I wish you every success for 2010. Thank you. Before I give the floor to the Chairman of the Board for a comment, I'd like to hear if others would like to speak. One person more has uh, requested permission to speak. And while this uh, gentleman comes up here, I'd like to hear whether there are others who wish to speak after him. One more speaker will be coming. Yeah, my name is Ulf Kajkas Andersen. That wasn't really all that bad what we heard. And let me add that... Um, Things that have been separated 
have been rejoined. That was from an old poem, I think, says the speaker. I'm looking at relations with Nordisk Cable and Christian Care. You have to bring that situation into uh, a good uh, order. Would anyone else like to speak after that? Because otherwise I will give the floor to the chairman of the board after the next intervention. I'm Steph Moyan. There's been a lot to rejoice at as a shareholder of F.L. Smith in 2009. Let me mention just a couple of things. We've seen a record high result, 1,664,000,000. A big market share, increasing market share in cement. We're at 38%. Sinoma only has 27%. We used to be side by side with them but now we're more than 10% ahead of Sinoma from China. Despite the uh, decline we've seen over the last four years, we actually still have a good return on equity is 29%. And as a shareholder, obviously the increase in the price of the share of 104% is satisfactory. Um, page 30 in the annual report talks about minerals. 30 8% declined to 8.7 billion in the order backlog, and we've gone down also. In other aspects, the revenue has gone down from 10.5 to about 9 billion, for instance. I'd like to hear from uh, Board of Management why is it only the in cement we've seen employee reductions of 11% from over 6,000 to over 5,000? 11% reduction, even if uh, cement has only gone down 5%, whereas the turnover in minerals has gone down by 14%. If you look at the number of employees in minerals, it's unchanged, and despite the strong decline in new orders and order backlog. Hopefully there are good reasons, but I'd like to <clears throat> hear from the chairman a little bit more about this. Why is it only in cement? that there has been a cutback in the employment, as we heard it also from the representative of the trade union. Now, I'd also like to hear what is the strategy for our cement business in China. When you look at market shares, it's always excluding China. So what is the market share, if we say including China? China and India are often mentioned. In India, we got four new orders. We got all new orders for new cement factories in China, but it wasn't until uh, this year that we got a new big order in China for a cement factory. There must have been many cement factories built in China over the last year. What is the strategy? Are we afraid that there will be copying of our high-tech machinery and cement factories? Or what is the reason why we are kind of cautious and holding back um, in regard to China? Would it be possible to sell factories that are not so technologically advanced uh, in China if they're focusing more on price? So that's an area I'd like to hear a bit more about. Finally, I'd like to congratulate the Board of Management, Jürgen Horner Rasmussen, the CEO and the Board. Um, sterling effort and good luck in 2010. over to the chairman of the board for a comment concerning these four interventions. First, Jens Perle, thank you for your intervention. You are, of course, a person who knows the company very well. You are a member of the board. You have been there longer than I have, so you know the company very well. But it's quite clear what you're saying is uh, uh, essential in the company. On the one hand, we have our biggest competitor in China, Sanawa. Uh, they have a cost structure that is much, much better than ours. And because of that, we need to strike a balance in terms of uh, wage and salary levels and, and look at it elsewhere in the world where they're much lower than here. But at the same time, we must do what we can to maintain our technological lead. I mentioned that in my old report also. I said there have been no... Uh, cutbacks in terms of R&D. 
But it's a balance that needs to be struck. At every board meeting you pointed out to us, and I'd like to thank you for doing it again here today. Toppen sent. Thank you um, for your praise. Thank you on behalf of board management and employees. Now, I tried to uh, say quite a lot about the order intake and what happened, and I think you, you do know that in the last two quarters of 2009, there was an increase in the order intake, and uh, so things are improving. And we've said that in 2010. We also expect additional positive developments in terms of order intake. But it is the business model that we have. We have had these big orders, the big order intake, order backlogs, so we've been able to get through the crisis and still obtain the best result ever in our history after tax. So we do know that... Um, a big order backlog is important, and we'd like to uh, get back up there on that one. GLV, what we got there was, well, I think when, when I talked about it at the first at the general meeting, I said I've never seen a match that was that good. We got geography, we got areas where we were not strong, and uh, this was added to our company, technology also. We got products that we didn't cover. And I think I've been saying that quite often. When we talk about one source, we've, said, we've claimed we can do everything in terms of equipment for a mine, for instance, today. There are many advantages there, and we can see how our competitors react. So I do believe that the business model we designed has been a strength for the F.L. Smith Group. And we got another strong leg other than cement to help us through the difficulties uh, in the world. Let me say, in regard to what you said about the margin in good years and bad years, I understand what you're saying, but do not forget, please, that uh, there has been a situation in which we have reduced the number of employees. But we, are, we do produce to order. We cannot just produce more, considerably more, with the same employees, number of employees. Our costs will go up, but not as much as revenue. And that's why we've been talking about 8 or 9% when business trends are low and 10 to 12 when business trends are high. It indicates, of course, you have to be careful with percentages, but uh, I'd venture to say that... Uh, Costs, um, you know, will be lower um, at the at the at the when when there's an increase in in, in revenue. Who's Kaiser Sanderson? I don't really know what to what to uh, say. Uh, I don't know if he has a problem with Christian Care. I haven't talked to him the last five years or so, uh, so I, I don't really know what to answer to that one. I don't understand that question. Let me say to Stefan that. Um, Employees in minerals have actually also seen dismissals, but what has happened was that minerals, even if the order intake was not so high, we've had a lot of order handling, you know, uh, inquiries, preparation of offers, and so on. So the reduction has been later than in cement. So, and it's only partially reflected in the accounts for last year. There have been reductions in minerals in terms of employment as a consequence of um, what we've seen in the industry. The organization we took over, GLV, was very, you know, clean, very strict. There was very little cutbacks that, that, that we could do from that organization. And the cement organization we had there, when we saw a decline in turnover, there were possibilities of, of making cutbacks in terms of employment. And, of, of course, we, we know we've also merged activities where the dismissals are then reflected in cement, but it's actually 
uh, a result of, of mergers. So you cannot look at it precisely the way you did. About China, let me say that uh, I think I have to say that uh, talk about low technology in China, that's a complete misunderstanding. The Chinese are just as good as we are. They, they built excellent cement factories. They're efficient, they're effective, they're quick. There's no way we can enter China and install a cheap factory that doesn't have the technology. It's not, it's not possible. We have one, the first big kiln factory order in China, 12,000 tons. So that uh, we talk about the big kiln, big kilns, we can actually succeed with winning orders in China. We do not know the numbers in China. It's not possible simply to get those numbers. And that's why we always um, give numbers uh, excluding China. We have no idea. We have no uh, way of finding out what's going on in China. So the numbers we give are those that we can vouch for. So we have to take that as it is. We are delivering a 12,000-ton um, kiln to China within the next year or so. That's the positive thing. We'd like to sell more to China, obviously. We do sell individual pieces of equipment, but this kiln is the first big one that we've actually sold to China in recent years. I think that was all for me. Thank you. I think nobody else asked for the floor. But if you would like to speak... Please come forward. It's not the case. So we have completed these three items on our agenda. First item, the management review. There's no vote on that. So we have completed that point. Item two, that's the submission and approval of the annual report, the financial statements, and that also includes the the fees. Any supplementary questions or comments concerning that one? If not, we deem the, uh, the, the annual accounts, the annual report has been duly approved. Thirdly, distribution of profit. The proposal was five corner per share. The general meeting cannot propose a higher dividend, but can propose a lower dividend, if it so desires. does not seem that shareholders are prepared to to propose a lower a dividend. Number four, item four, is the election of members of the board directors. At the moment, we have Jürgen Vorning, the chairman of the board. We have Torben Torkil Benson. We have Jens Stephenson. We have Jesper Overson. I think he has been uh, affected by the Icelandic volcano problem, so he's not here today. Martin Evert and Vaughn Over Sorensen are the board members. And it's been proposed to re-elect the board of directors. Any questions, comments, other nominations? If not, I'd like to congratulate the members of the board. Appointment of auditor, that's item five. We are proposing to re-elect Deloitte. Other nominations? It's not the case. So I'd like to Congratulate Deloitte. Brings us to item six. And here we have a lot on our agenda, about 20 different motions. Most of them are technical and of no interest, I am sure, for those present. They are a necessity by the chains of legislation. We now, from the 1st of March, have a new Companies Act, replacing the old Public Companies Act. Now, if you look at 6.1, all these uh, amendments um, can be adopted if only one person votes in favour. I actually have some shares in the company, so we can certainly do that. See, there are some linguistic changes in the Danish version that do not affect the English version. There's a change in the reference to section 139. There's a change of the notice to convening general meetings, eight weeks or eight days to four weeks. That's now being changed. Minimum three weeks and maximum five weeks is in the new act. 
under C, we have that uh, shareholders representing 5% of the share capital can request an extraordinary general meeting. Used to be 10%, now it's 5 D, letter D, talks about when you must submit a proposal if you want it to be on the agenda. That now has to be six weeks prior to the general meeting. Under E, there is a new concept, a registration date. So what the shares you hold eight days before the general meeting will decide whether you have access and how many votes you have at the general meeting. And F is also uh, the admission cards. It's been changed from um, five days to three days. We must do this according to the new Companies Act. So uh, I think that there are probably no questions or comments concerning that. It's not the case. Thank you very much. They have been duly approved. Under 6.2, we have 11 motions. Here we need two-thirds majority, actually, of the vote and the capital. These are all consequential amendments of the amendments in the New Companies Act. Let me mention under A, you no longer need to put the primary name in brackets after secondary names. Under B, a linguistic change in the Danish version. C, VP Investor Services address has changed. D, that's the question of extraordinary dividend. It doesn't have to appear from the Articles Association. It just needs to be adopted. We did that last year. It doesn't need to be in the Articles Association anymore. E, technical changes to five paragraphs two and three. The way that general meetings have to be convened. There's going to be a bit more about that a bit later on. And in F, we're changing something in Article 5, Paragraph 6. That's the information that must, there must be on the website of the company prior to a general meeting. This is also just to incorporate things that are in the New Companies Act. Under G, it now says that uh, the general meeting must be in Danish unless otherwise decided by the general meeting. It's also a consequential amendment. H says that you can now vote by letter. It's a new thing. It's not of any practical significance. You can fill in a proxy letter anyway in, in practically all companies. But now it's, it's going to be in the, uh, uh, in the Article Association. I, these are various uh, adjustments to be made to be in accordance with the new text of the Companies Act. In J, a uh, few amendments to a few words concerning majorities must be in accordance with the New Companies Act and K this has to do with the new Article 9, Paragraph 3 it talks about the fact that the board directors may amend the Article Association in certain respects things that can be amended by the board instead of the general meeting I take it that these are relatively uncomplicated and irrelevant to most people, but if there are any questions, of course, we can take them. Otherwise, I take it that these uh, have been duly adopted. And then there are other amendments to the Articles 6.3. Deletion of the domicile, the registered office, not because we are moving, but because it's no longer required that the domicile must be in the Articles Association. In 6.4, there is a change uh, talk about the VP Investor Services. Now we talk just simply about the Securities Center, so as not to have to change the name every time VP changes its name. 6.5, there's no longer going to be a reference to a national newspaper, but the website. And if you want to be informed by the company before a general meeting, you can actually ask the company to be put on a list to ensure that you will have separate uh, notification or letter convening you to the general meeting. 6.6 six says that in isolated cases, a board member can be given authority to act. It's a small technical adjustment in the language of the articles of association. Any questions or comments concerning that? If not, I take it that we have adopted those. 6.7 as uh, an item that's been on the agenda for many years is a question of authorizing the company to buy treasury shares. In the old days, 
until a month ago, you could only get authorization to purchase up to 10% and only for 18 months. Those two limits have been actually removed, but the board is asking for the same thing as always, 10% at a price which is the price on the stock exchange plus minus 10% and only up to the next year's general meeting. Any comments or questions concerning that? It's not the case. Duly adopted. And then we have 6.8. We're asking for the chairman of the meeting to be authorized to, to uh, carry out these uh, amendments. I'd like to have that. Um, authority to register these uh, amendments and other minor amendments that the Danish Commerce and Companies Agency may ask for. So thank you. That was uh, a little gift to me. That brings us to seven. That's any other business. You can say anything under any other business, but we cannot adopt anything. Does anybody wish to speak under any other business? There's one person. You have the floor. If you'd like to come forward, please. I'm sorry, it's not possible to hear what you're saying when you're sitting um, on the rows. Uh, could you please come up to the rostrum? The acoustics are not so good with so many people in the room. Oh, it's just a question about the Danish language, because the word share capital in the Danish version is being changed. Um, it's not relevant for the English version. No, it's just because of the New Companies Act, because the Private Companies Act and Public Companies Act have now been joint in the so-called Companies Act. And that's why that's simply it's just a practicality in the Danish language because of that. Any other questions? If that's not the case, over to the chairman of the board. Thank you very much to the chairman of the meeting for taking us through the general meeting. I'm very impressed that we have so many shareholders in the room here today. I mean, it's the Queen's 70th birthday and the sun is shining outside. So on a late Friday afternoon, it's uh, very positive to see so many people here. We're doing what we can to ensure that next year when we meet again, we will also have positive things to report. And there are refreshments waiting for you out in the lobby. Thank you for coming.